Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Tuesday, June 28th, first special election since 1951, I think. I know uh, Johnny and I went out and voted today. I am the host of Drive Time Lincoln, Jack Riggins, and Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. In just a minute, we're going to have uh, State Senator, uh, potential Congressman uh, Mike Flood on in a second. Um, polls are open till 8 p.m., so please get out and vote. You know how important I talk about voting and us as Americans. It is our time to speak, so go vote for this uh, congressional district one race between Mike Flood and Patty Pansy Brooks. Of note, Jeff Fortenberry was uh, sentenced today um, to two years probation, a twenty five thousand dollar fine, and three hundred and twenty hours of community service. That's essentially eight weeks of community service. I think that's a fair sentence uh, given uh, the situation. And we move on. And obviously. Uh, Former U.S. Representative Jeff Fortenberry did a phenomenal job while he was up there and um, had a legal trial and uh, was found guilty. So we move forward. We move forward as a country. We move forward as a state. Uh, We wish him the best. And now we have this special election uh, of which, you know, uh, Mike Flood on the conservative side, the Republican side, stepped up early to say, hey, I will I will essentially take it to the next level and we're going to welcome him to Drive Time Lincoln. Um, State Senator at this moment, Mike Flood, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thank you very much. I hope you're both well today. Thanks for voting. Yeah, you bet. Uh, we are doing well. I, I wanted to say I loved uh, some of the language that you've put in your um, belief system and, and campaigns. Uh, today, our nation is at a crossroads. The radical left wants to fundamentally reshape American ways that will destroy the nation we love. We can't let that happen. Um, I agree with you. Um, how has um, running for this seat and, and I guess the state of America really emboldened you uh, to step up and run for Congress? Well, you know, I've been a state senator for about 10 years. The last, uh, I don't know, I took eight years off in the middle of that, uh, have served for speaker for six, but you know, on January 16th, I stood up and basically said, I wanted to make sure that voters had a choice in this primary. And, uh, here we find ourselves in a situation where president Biden stands up last Friday and basically says to Americans, I need pro-choice Democrats to run for Congress around the country so that uh, we can have abortion on demand, late-term abortions, dismemberment abortions. Um, that's not the first district of Nebraska, and that's certainly not Nebraska. And so today we have an opportunity to send him and Congress a message, and that is, you know, we're more conservative than that. We need uh, leadership there that believes that we shouldn't have abortion on demand or dismembership, you know, dismembering abortions or late-term abortions. And so. Um, the, the the top issues right now, as I see it, as I've driven around the first congressional district, people are out of money. They don't have as much cash as they had a year ago, certainly two years ago. Uh, gas prices are eating up their pocketbook. Uh, it costs more to go to the grocery store. And they want the brakes put on the Nancy Pelosi agenda. They don't want uh, her in charge of a branch of government that we have a lot of say about. And uh, to do that, we need to send me to Congress and not Senator Pansy, Pansy, Patty Pansy Brooks, 
She will vote for Nancy Pelosi. She will vote to give her more power. I will vote to fire her and install Republican leadership, conservative leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives. Yeah, obviously you're uh, clearly, I mean, you've been, as you said, in the in the state Senate, but you've been paying attention to America. And um, I think that conservative values at this time are much needed. And as you move through today, and and clearly this is to serve for essentially a half year, correct? And then we have an, another election. Um, what concerns you the most, right, in, in aspiring to this next office um, in what's been going on with America over the last two years? Well, the leadership in Washington, Biden in the White House, Pelosi in the House, and of course Schumer in the Senate, they have spent literally trillions of dollars of uh, money manufactured from the money machine out there and have sent it across the country. And it's contributed to the higher prices that we're paying everywhere. Uh, it's, has, it you know, hasn't been responsive to the COVID issues. We just heard about the supply chain problems that we're having uh, in America. And the first thing that President Biden did when he got in office was cancel the Keystone XL pipeline and vote to basically uh, restrict uh, drilling on federal land. And those executive orders, uh, on top of $5 gas, I think that he thinks the rest of us are going to start buying Tesla. And uh, it's not working. It's hurting Americans. Uh, and I think inflation is the number one issue. I thought that from the beginning. And it's only gotten worse since January 16th. I mean, look at the price of gas. doubled since uh, President Biden took over. Yeah, it's insane. As far as, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Most of the people, not just in the 1st District, but here in Lincoln-Lancaster County I talked to, uh, you've nailed it on what they're concerned about. Um, I, I would say on the second level, but maybe almost equally, is the feeling of a little bit of socialism and some of the traditional American values eking away. I mean, the bigger term is wokeness, but we see a lot of fights over this. And and people just generally not respecting the Constitution of the United States. What are some of the things you hope to bring back, I guess, culturally to um, Congress as you get in there? Well, I can tell you, in the last week, uh, what the U.S. Supreme Court has done on guns, um, recognizing the right of the Second Amendment, that it shall not be infringed by the government on uh, parochial schools and recognizing that they can't be the Blaine Amendment that was um, placed in state constitutions over 100 years ago is not worth anything, which is great for um, school choice. And then with uh, the Dobbs decision, uh, there's a reckoning that's happening that I think is very positive. Um, and I'm feeling it from people. I'm hearing about it from people in the first district. They're like, you know, the guy that cut my hair this morning in Norfolk, he was saying, I feel like we're writing some wrongs, that, that things are getting cleaned up. And uh, I think that goes to your question about where America's at and, you know, what the issues are. Just in this week, the last seven days, what we've seen from the Supreme Court has been, you know, I think really affirming to a lot of people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I would also add the uh, Supreme Court decision on the uh, First Amendment of the coach out in, I think, Oregon. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, 
it feels like finally small victories of sanity coming out of the Supreme Court. I'm a big law and order guy, and, you know, without, you know, the elected offices, we all rely on law. Of course, the elected offices help make that. Um, and so it feels like we're starting to write ourselves back to the America that we know we can be. Right. Well, and that America has also a really big role for the states, and we're a collection of states. And for the Supreme Court to recognize our sovereignty as a state to be able to make decisions about what kind of restrictions we're going to have on abortion, that's the way the framers intended it. And that's where we're going as a nation. And uh, like it or not, you know, there's certainly folks out there that are um, very opposed to what the Supreme Court did. Uh, What's wrong about local elected leaders determining the state policy on issues like abortion rather than unelected judges in Washington, D.C. That uh, favors the legislative branch of government. And, um, you know, I I think the framers intended the House of Representatives, I know they did, to be the closest legislative and government body to the people. That's why they wouldn't let anybody get appointed to the House of Representatives. That's why it has to be a special election. Right. Because only the people can pick that, Uh, not a governor uh, that uh, would uh, make an appointment like it is in the Senate. Um, The House of Representatives is supposed to be the branch of government closest to the people, thus a special election, thus the Supreme Court rightfully saying, hey, this has to come from the legislative branch of government. No president uh, can do that. We fought a war with England to get away from a king. That's why we're here, and that's why we're doing this with the Constitution tonight uh, on this special election. Yeah, without a doubt. What, I mean, really well said, um, you know, and I think we, we try to do a lot of history lessons on this show, but, uh, you know, that the U.S. House of Representatives is the most direct um, representative of the people and why we have special elections. The only thing I would say is that, uh, you know, your local state is usually a little closer only because of distance. But the the values and the way that the system works is exactly as you described. Um, one of the big things, and I'll bet around the, the first district, you've heard a lot of people talk about this um, because it seems like it's far away, but it's not. And that's the Biden immigration policies. Um, how is that affecting people around the first district, and what are they thinking about some of this stuff? I mean, we saw that there was enough fentanyl, I think, somewhere to kill 12 million people. Not here in Nebraska, thank God, but we know that's been on the increase. Well, people want the border controlled, and that's been my priority. Uh, if we're going to do anything on the subject of immigration, let's finish what President Trump started. It's crazy to me that the Biden administration, even if they disagreed with what President Trump was doing, finished the wall. He said it in his, Biden said it in his State of the Union this year, border security is a priority. Well, then prove it. Stand up and prove it. Get the border controlled. Make sure that we have uh, the, uh, use the technology, use the wall, use our border control systems and our personnel to control that. You're right. Fentanyl, opiates, uh, methamphetamine, guns, drugs, all coming over that border. Uh, not to mention uh, illegal immigrants that are ending up in our justice system in the United States. Uh, for me, that is the priority, and we have to be serious about it, which means committing resources to it. So, uh, you know, certainly Congressman Fortenberry felt that way. I 
uh, plan to continue that effort and do everything I can to make sure that uh, we secure the border because that's what people are asking me about. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we're on with uh, State Senator Mike Flood running in the 1st District uh, the Congressional Campaign today, the special election, folks. Uh, polls are open till 8 p.m. I highly suggest you get out and vote. Um, I can't tell you how important it is, especially um, to defend really conservative values. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, um, I guess a counterpart of yours, it it depends on this election, but uh, Senator Megan Hunt has said, and I want to quote this, uh, when we go into special session to ban abortion in Nebraska, none of my anti-abortion colleagues should know a moment of peace while they are in the building. They should not be able to walk anywhere without being hounded by questions and stories. We have had enough. Um, How dangerous is some of the far-left liberal and sometimes Democratic apparatus and what they're asking of people towards law and order is that irresponsible of her to to write that you know we have to be able to pass laws in an environment where people are listening to other people but those people have to follow the laws and the rules which means come to committee hearings uh make your voice heard exercise your right of free speech you know conduct yourself in 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 a lawful protest that's the way this works. And you know what? That's the way pro-life leaders have conducted themselves for 50 years since the Roe decision. Yep. And if somebody doesn't agree with the issue, then, you know, go to the hearing, uh, stand in a, in, a, in a protest, and we have protests every day at the state capitol during session. There's a way to do this. Um. Yeah, lawful, peaceful protest. It's part of the American way. I mean, two words there, lawful, peaceful protest. Make your word be heard, but do it peacefully. What's interesting about Senator Megan Hunt is that uh, she doesn't like it when we hold press conferences in the rotunda of the legislature when we're in session. Because (laughs) she thinks that that's an affront to the legislature. Um, I would tell you that... um, that rotunda is Nebraska's town square, and each event is coordinated through the Capitol Commission. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're running we've got, to, we've got to make sure people can freely express themselves, but do it in a way that doesn't call into question anybody else's safety. Well, it's like I like to say, you know, anarchy and chaos are no way to make positive change. Um, right. Without a doubt. One of the things, we're running about a couple minutes here, but... Um, when you win today, tonight, I hope we hear tonight, um, what are you looking forward to most about uh, essentially moving up to D.C., moving the office up to D.C.? Well, I can't get myself there yet, and I'll tell you why. Um, I go to bed at night knowing that I've knocked a lot of doors in Lincoln and so many volunteers, uh, all sorts of volunteers, Darlene Starman, uh, Mary Hilton, uh, this wonderful people all over Lancaster County have been out working tirelessly uh, to go door to door in Lincoln. And I know it's uphill. You've got a Democrat mayor, uh, a Democrat uh, city council. Uh, most of your county commissioners are Democrats. I knew going into this that Lincoln was um, a place that we needed to work. Anybody listening right now in Lincoln and Lancaster County, please get out and vote. There's a lot of people in places like Norfolk and Columbus and David City and Fremont, Plattsmouth, 
they're counting on you to get out and vote because we need to we need to win Lincoln. It's not just about today. It's about giving confidence to a future uh, candidate for an office in Lincoln or Lancaster County to say there's a shot for us. And and yes, I need it for this election. I need you to vote. And so um, I'm not ready to answer the question about what I want to do. The first thing, I want to fight inflation. I want to get out there and do something about the border. I want to bring common sense conservative leadership to the first congressional district. But I cannot get there if the polls are open until 8 and you don't vote. So please, find out where your polling place is and go do that right now. Well, I'll tell you what. um, Mucho impressed here. Uh, Why? Um, Because not only are you in the battle today, you've been in the battle at the state level for a long time, but the strategic thinking... I, I want you to be on this show more because you just talked about strategic conservative values, both statewide, national, but linking it down here into Lincoln and Lancaster County. And you're absolutely right, uh, Senator Flood. Absolutely right. And I encourage people, 8 p.m., the polls, get out there and vote. Um, th- this is about conservative values. Uh, Mike Flood is the candidate. Um, yeah, I can understand that. Micro goals, right? Uh, let's just win today. Right. And, and you know, think about what that does to make a change in uh, our state's capital city. Um, not only are we sending a message to Congress and you are, I would love to win Lincoln. I would just, it would mean, and you know what, it would mean a lot to these rural communities around Lincoln to see the conservatives stand up, plant their flag and say, we're here. And there are so many people that are working for that. I went to your county convention. I saw 600 people, and I was like, something's alive in Lincoln. Like, people don't realize it, but people are, and you've made this point early, people are paying attention. And yeah. if those same folks get out and vote, I think it's just uh, it's a, it's a great start, not only to what we're doing here in this campaign. It keeps uh, the state, the national Democrats at bay, but more than anything, it, it gives a candidate confidence that there's change coming in Lincoln. And yeah. you might be surprised who's there. That's right. Know? Well, we're we're punching hard, and we're going to keep doing it. Uh, Senator Mike Flood, I want to uh, thank you again for the time to come on the show, and I want to wish you the best. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Jack, and let's get this done. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Wow. State Senator Mike Flood running for the 1st Congressional District. There's still time to vote. you got till 8 p.m., 1499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3-KLIN. All right, here on Tuesday, June 28th, a uh, special election for the 1st Congressional District. First time since 1951 we've had a special election in the state. Um, we just had uh, State Senator Mike Flood running on the conservative ticket for the 1st Congressional District. Um, great interview. I wish I'd talk to him more. He had a lot of uh, good things to say, not just about conservative values nationally, but statewide, but also kind of the war we're in here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, um, and I appreciate that for somebody who's up at the state level and potentially getting to Washington. Because it is important, conservatives. You've got to get out and vote. And you've got to let the D's know that you're here. And there is a big movement going on with the Lancaster County Republican Party and conservatives here 
in this area. So I really appreciated his time and, and enjoyed talking with him. Hopefully we'll do it more. Don't forget about Operation Safe Harbor Ukraine and the certified Piedmontese Fundraiser, KLN is proud partner with Operation Safe Harbor Ukraine and Certified Piedmontese Beef to offer an extra special bargain deal. Right now on KLN.com, you can purchase a box of 66-ounce burger patties of high-quality premium. Certified Piedmontese Beef with our exclusive $100 off bargain deal. All the proceeds will go to Operation Safe Harbor, local nonprofit helping the Ukrainian refugees that have fled to Poland get a new life, a new home. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll just go crazy on the show and talk about, I don't know, whatever, 1499.3 KLIN. Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go, June 28th, second segment here on Drive Time Lincoln. I'm still your host, Jack Riggins. Johnny Cadillac still working the board. Uh, first segment, we had uh, State Senator Mike Flood on running for first congressional district, uh, Jeff Fortenberry's seat against Patty Panzing Brooks. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, there's still time to get out and vote. And here in Lincoln and Lancaster County, you do need to get out and vote. Um, without a doubt, if you didn't hear uh, the state senator talk, he had a real good strategic outlook um, about why it's important, not just for his race, but for conservatives in Lincoln and Lancaster County and how much rural counties in the, in the first congressional district are relying on us. And I agree with him. I mean, I'm from Fremont originally, and you know, there's a lot of smaller towns out there that, uh, you know, we need to show up and do our part conservatives, uh, in Lincoln and Lancaster County. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. It is also a Twitter Tuesday. I've got my tweet of the day picked out, and I also want to say every man Dan came up with a good plan, and this is terrible, so I hope this gentleman calls in, but uh, he suggested first-time callers, because we do have a lot of repetitive callers, like Johnny, who's going to be on in a second, um, that uh, sometimes hard to get in. So guess what? Tomorrow's whatever Wednesday. First segment is first-time caller. You don't know this, but Johnny has a nice little logbook. And me being a former military guy, we write down every name. We know exactly who's called in, and Johnny's pretty good with voices. And so we know if you've called or you haven't called. So first-time callers tomorrow, first segment on whatever Wednesday. And then Friday, we're going to have first-time caller Friday to go along with our Frogman Friday. So if you've never called into DTL, or even if you called into DTL with Colby Mack, or any of the other in-between hosts, if you haven't called in to DTL with me, Jack Riggins, I want you to call in. I want new voices. I want to hear what you have to say. First segment tomorrow and first time caller Friday. Um, All right, before we get to Johnny, the tweet of the day. Um, It's actually a friend of mine that I serve with quite a bit, and as you see, a lot of good Americans are getting sick of what's been going on in D.C., and he is a former... uh, Frogman, like myself, Derek Van Orden, he's running for Congress in the 3rd District of Wisconsin. There's been, I don't know, four or five SEALs that are all running for Congress. Um, And, you know, they just want to take their experience and uh, make America the place that it has been, right? A great constitutional republic. And so, anyway, he's a sharp guy. And he responded to a tweet of a Mr. Todd Bruner today. Now, Todd said, and I quote, George Washington would be no friend to an insurrectionist, end quote. Now, he's clearly referencing January 6th and all this stuff today, but um, 
I don't really believe there's been any kind of insurrection, okay? So, let me say that again. George Washington would be no friend to an insurrectionist. Derek, former SEAL, running for 3rd District in the state of Wisconsin, we'll have him on the show eventually, says, I'm willing to bet you were not the captain of your high school history team. (laughs) Now that is just funny. And if you don't get that, you seriously need to look up U.S. history. (laughs) You seriously need to look up who George Washington was and what he did, as well as everybody in the American Revolution. Uh, So I thought that was a very interesting tweet, interesting twist on the word insurrectionist and uh, poor Todd Bruner. Because I would have to agree with Derek Van Orden. I'm not sure what history you are um, referencing, but um, in fact, George Washington himself was an insurrectionist. (laughs) Not probably in the way that Todd Bruner was referencing, but in fact, history would state that um, he was leading the army to break away from England. That's what they would have called him in England, no doubt about it. Fair enough. Interesting stuff. Hey, we're going to get to this story after Johnny. I, I got to. I've got to talk about it. And I don't mean to shame this poor woman who got scammed out of forty thousand dollars here in Lincoln, but this is a hilarious story. Other than she lost forty thousand dollars, and for that, I'm sorry, but I have to give a public service announcement on this one. Let's go to Johnny on line one. Johnny, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Fortenberry, conservative values, right? Fortenberry uh, getting a little slap on the wrist. Um, I don't understand how we allow rich people, uh, you know, the opportunity to get out of, get a little get out of jail free card. And I know I, I read the journal star, I've seen that he got a little, a little letter from Bishop James Conley or whatever was sent to the, uh, to the court. I, I, I just really, I'm just really disappointed. I thought conservatives were more about, you know, doing the right thing and all that stuff. The only thing I can think of is maybe he did do the right thing. Maybe he flipped and turned in some of his buddies. Maybe maybe there's more corruption out there in the Republican Party that we that we don't know about. Maybe he told the FBI everything. Maybe he spilled the beans. Okay, Johnny. I'm, I'm wondering if that's why he got a slap on the wrist as opposed to 15 years in prison. All like right. Most people would get. Uh, well, I don't know that most people. Now, let's, let's break you. You always get fired up. Let's break it down. You're talking about conservatives and this, that, and another thing. But we're also, you're mixing in the law. So, first of all, do you know where Jeff Fortenberry was sentenced? He's off the line. Oh, you cut him off the line. Good job, Johnny Cadillac. (laughs) I want to have a conversation with him. Okay. Um, I understand what Johnny the Caller is saying. Um, There's quite a bit of an agenda, in my opinion, there. But let's break this down. Okay. Liberal, conservative, has nothing to do with the sentencing. Period. End of story. Congressman Fortenberry was tried in California. He today was found by a federal judge in Los Angeles, okay, to two years probation, 320 hours of community service, and fined $25,000. That is the law. All right, so that judge looked at the law and looked at the sentencing guidelines, if I understand being a judge, guidelines, and made the best decision per law that he felt 
the guilty person, in this case Fortenberry, was due for the crime. That's our system. That's not conservative. That's not liberal. That's the law. To Johnny's point, it it would... I mean, I don't know the judge out there, but my guess is California probably has more left-leaning judges than right. Um, And in fact, I don't think it has anything to do with Congressman Fortenberry or anybody else's net worth or their political leanings. Um, He was found guilty on one count of falsifying, concealing material facts and two counts of making false statements. Um. If you bring that down to local um, folks, people break the law, they get caught breaking the law, they go to court, and either a trial, a jury of their peers, or a judge decides, you know, guilty, not guilty, and then the sentencing. Um, To me, it fits the crime. I mean, as far as character witnesses, if you will, I would think a man that has long time service uh as a congressman right long time as well as character references as johnny mentioned that's just how the law works like you're totally entitled to get those and that does weigh into sentencing and that is on the opposite end the same when you're a three four five time offender of say duis or drugs or god forbid murder Right. I mean, the fact that you continue to make mistakes, the sentences are usually harder. Um, So I. Johnny's fired up about it. I'm not. I think it's a fair sentencing. It's the right sentencing. And like I said before, we move forward. Um, But Johnny's certainly entitled to his opinion. Again, um, I want to remind you. We don't always have a lot of first-time callers, and we do have a lot of regulars, but I want to give first-time callers the opportunity to break in. First segment tomorrow, that would be 5 o'clock to 5.30 on whatever Wednesday. And again, all day on Friday, first-time Friday, along with Frogman Friday. Johnny, I can see you're chewing on the microphone over there. (laughs) We just had a caller call in. And I told him I'd ask his question. Uh oh, you're um, interpreting a he, caller. He wanted to know if Fortenberry loses his license in law after what happened. Well, that's a great question. Um, well, I can't answer that right now. Um, I didn't have an answer, but I was like, well, I I, I told him I'd at least yeah, let you know. I, I was like, well, I, you know what? Chance. I I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I'd have to have uh, lawyers call in and let me know. I will take a guess. My guess is no. That's my guess. That's my guess. Lawyers get accused of all kinds of things and found guilty of all yeah. kinds of things and don't lose their law license. But I, I that would be a that is a guess, folks. But caller, good question. Um, don't know. Don't know whatsoever. Um, all right. I, there's a couple of things. I, I got to tell you this local story. So um, a woman, it's on KLIN.com. She was scammed out of $40,000. So let's just, that stinks. But um, this is public service announcement. The way it went about, I think, talks to how, and it says she was a 40-year-old. So, I mean, you would think social media-wise and internet-wise, pretty competent. But it does speak to how... 
Twitter, Instagram, or other things can kind of confuse people. And I think really what I worry about is our youth, right? So young children um, meeting people on there who are not what they say they are, you know, predators, essentially. Um, and But at the same time, scammers. Um, so anyway... Um, she had a relationship via Instagram with a man who identified himself as Henry Cavill. If you don't know who Henry Cavill is, he's Superman. That's the way I look at it. He's Superman. <laughs> okay? And um, they continued to chat. So that should clue you off first. If Keanu Reeves or Brad Pitt or Henry Cavill reaches out to you and you have a relationship via Instagram, um, it's a lie. Just t- go to that. Just a default. Like, delete, end of story, right? Like, none of... Those people are going to mix via Instagram with us people, uh, first of all. Second of all, um, he had sent her a briefcase containing 10 millions in diamonds, but it was held up in customs. And then eventually worked her over to get her bank account numbers and, um, to, you know, to get to 10 million and stole $40,000. Uh, this is a terrible crime. And I, and I do feel bad uh, for the woman. But at the same time, I want to highlight that the over-the-top nature of Henry Cavill on Instagram, 10 million in diamonds. That doesn't happen, folks. That doesn't happen. And so you have to be careful. And I think it's a good reminder for the rest of us that if it's too good to be true, it often is. And if it's over-the-top like this is, both in the person and money, uh, just delete. Don't go back to that. Don't at all. And watch that for your children, because I think that's where this can happen. And I will just say, I mean, I whatever. I've had the security briefings, blah, 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 blah. I've been monitored. I've been polygraphed over the years in the in the service to our country. Um, listen, I I got. I got taken via text for my own bank account, right? Like they they text. I responded. It was the typical. Did you use your credit card? And it's like, no. And then they called me and. They actually spoofed the number of my bank. So it it popped up as my bank. And so I thought, oh, that's my bank calling. And I talked to the person. But while I was talking with them, it seemed weird as they were going through the security questions. Well, in fact, what they did, and I thought the whole time, I'm like, this is awkward. This has never happened. This is weird. What they were doing was they had another person online who was typing it in. And then eventually, you know, yours truly, you know, not paying attention, you know. Got them to reset my password to the password they wanted to do. And boom. Now, I felt so weird about it that I called the bank immediately. I called the bank, so I knew it was the bank. And we got it stopped. But in fact, I pretty much willingly gave them my information. And it started with a text that I had used my card and they wanted to verify it was a legitimate transaction. And 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 I it was funny because they continued to call me back, uh, the scammers, for about a day, and that number kept popping up as the actual number from my bank. It was the most bizarre thing. Um, so be careful out there. Absolutely be careful out there. One of the things that I find fascinating, right, with this Roe v. Wade thing, all right, is so let's do our little history. You have the executive branch of government. You have the people, which is, you know, the House and the Senate. Right, three branches of government, and then you have the Supreme Court, the law. Okay, and so first of all, like I've said before, fact, they did not outlaw abortion. They simply said that that decision will be made at the state level. 
They gave it closer to the people. That's fine. So abortions aren't outlawed. But what I find fascinating is this just insane pushback from Washington elite. So if you haven't been following it, the Department of Justice, so the people that are in charge of enforcing the law, okay? So the Supreme Court just weighed in. Attorney General Merrick B. Garland, what a piece of work. He puts out a statement that says the Justice Department strongly disagrees with the court's decision. Okay, there are some things where you have to be apolitical. In service to your country in the military is one of them. The Department of Justice, the FBI, are people that uphold the law, DOJ. You enforce the law. You prosecute lawbreakers. You don't put out statements against the court. Could you imagine if every time the Lincoln police chief didn't agree with the judge's ruling or sentencing, every time she put out a broad statement? How about in the most controversial thing? That is a complete disgrace to the position of Attorney General of the United States and the Department of Justice. If I'm in the Department of Justice, I'm embarrassed. But yet, there it is. Hey, we enforce the laws, but we don't agree with the laws. Now, I can see Health and Human Services, their secretary came out with the same thing. Again, these are all Democrats, right, underneath the the Biden administration. I can see them saying something. That makes a little more sense, right? But for the DOJ to chime in is unbelievable. And most people, it'll go right by their head. They won't even notice or care, right? So we're going to talk about all these false narratives and things going on. We're going to stick our head in the sand on inflation and gas prices and food prices and, you know, energy independence. We're just going to live in a fake world, I guess, in the Biden administration. And then when the Supreme Court makes a decision, third branch of government, we're going to have a department that's like in our system so far down who enforces the law come out against it. Excuse me. That's the world we're living in right now and how far left the pendulum has swung. I mean, as a conservative, I'm looking for, I totally understand we have to work across the aisle and we have to negotiate and we have to come to compromise. But can somebody in the Democratic Party actually just be a Democrat? A Democrat that realizes, hey, I have some different thoughts on things than conservatives, but we have to talk and we have to negotiate and we have to compromise, right? Because the further left you go in the insanity and living in a fake world and forcing or having people that enforce the law come out openly against court's decisions, then the more divided we're going to get. And that's most of the problem going on in America right now. 1,499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. Chris Lofgren in here with the traffic update. Hey, I know my traffic is technically finished, but uh, we do have a situation on Homestead Expressway or Highway 77. 
and West Pioneers Boulevard. An accident. Do watch for slowdowns in the area. You can come on anytime. I just love hearing your voice. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, for the update. You I betcha. second that. <laughs> Johnny's like, I'm so sick of listening to the commander. <laughs> All right. Hey, OG Steven, it is not request line drive time Lincoln. But he does get it in early, and he wants request line Friday. She's a beauty by the tubes. LK today, Jack and Friends, did you hear that? He's got that in the hopper. Um, Johnny, we're probably going to have to come up with one again. Um, I want to remind everybody, first-time caller, first segment tomorrow on whatever Wednesday, and we'll have first-time caller uh, Friday as well. So please get the word out to your friends, no doubt about it. Um, do not strike up an Instagram relationship with Henry Cavill. Go out and vote in this special election. Um, I think Scott is right. I think that there will be more conservatives out voting here in Lincoln and Lancaster County. That is a great credit to people in the Lancaster County Republican Party, Mary Hilton and her neighborhood captains. I see Americans for Prosperity out there working hard today to get out the vote. You have till 8 p.m. Conservatives, go vote. Heck, every American go vote. I just prefer in Lincoln and Lancaster County, conservatives keep showing up to vote. I do think, just like uh, in, uh, Scott says, and I agree with him, in the 2020 general, um, CD1 residents and rural probably win the day. But I think... Mike Flood, Senator Mike Flood, who was on first segment, had a great strategic vision, not only for the country and his service, but also for Lancaster County, which is to keep the swell of conservatism growing here for future elections and candidates. And so get out and do your part tonight. Vote in this special election. We'll see you tomorrow, 1499.3 KLIN.